Grab your Carhartt and slip on your cowboy boots. It's time to listen to For Goat's Sake. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of For Goat's Sake, a city girl's guide to farm life and her herd of goats. My name is Emma, and I am the city girl who has moved to a super small town in the middle of Montana. So as I said, my name is Emma. Uh, I grew up in a big city in Canada uh, with my family and was always around lots of traffic, lots of lights, lots of people, busy streets, and continued living in big cities for most of my life. Um, I lived in the middle of Canada. I lived on Vancouver Island. Again, not as big as the city I'm from, but still bigger cities uh, with lots of people around. Um, And I knew it wasn't the place I wanted to be for the rest of my life. I believe when I was younger, I used to say, yep, I'm going to live in the city. I'm going to be a part of all this big stuff. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that's not really what pulls at my heart. Um, So here I am in small town Montana, married to the love of my life and doing everything I love to do on my farm. Uh, So my family, about four years ago, uh, moved down to Montana and I was still living in the middle of Canada on the prairies and I flew down to visit them after they had gotten settled and fell in love with the place and then fell in love with a man. Uh, And he is the most wonderful man. Um, I'm so happy that I'm here with him and in our little home and close to my family and our farm. And the little town is just amazing. It's so wonderful to live in a place where everyone knows everyone um, and is friendly and helpful and wants to help you just for being good people and not for sake of gaining something. Uh, So I wanted to start this podcast because it is such a big transition that I've gone on uh, moving from, you know, a, a campus or a city of over 100,000 people to a town of 10, maybe, <laughs> if you're counting the goats, no. <laughs> um, and it's a transition that a lot of people are starting to make is to move out of the cities and get a little bit more space and get a little bit more land. And also ridiculous things happen on the farm every day. So why not share it with everyone so they can get a good chuckle out of it as well. After my family moved down here, they decided to add some livestock to our farm And so they went with goats. So our first goats were Henrietta and Paulina. And they were a mini La Mancha. So she had little gopher ears. And a Nigerian dwarf goat. And they are the best goats. I love them so much. Henrietta is still our herd queen today. And Paulina lives with our very good family friends um, a couple hours away. And is the herd queen of their herd there. So both girls are still doing so well and are so happy and healthy. And then we started adding a couple more. We added a couple mini alpines and then decided that we really wanted to pursue um, registered Nigerian dwarf goats. Uh, So we purchased our first two, um, a buckling and a doe who was already bred. We purchased uh, Eclipse and Kin. They're both ADGA or American Dairy Goat Association registered goats. And we had our first babies born on the farm, Poppy and Hazel, who were both, again, ADGA-registered Nigerian dwarfs. And that kind of kicked everything off. (laughs) Now we're about a herd of 35 strong, 
and I love every single day with the herd. They are, all have such different personalities. Um, it's like having a big herd of puppies. They love their scratches, their head scratches, their tail scratches, their treats. Our herd loves black oil, sunflower seeds. We do feed our herd on a greener world protocol, which is something I want to go over in a later episode, talking about the sustainability on our farm and our feeding protocol. But that will be coming up in another one. I believe episode three is where I want to kind of focus on that a little bit more. Um, So since we started growing, we needed to have a direction we really wanted to grow in. And at the time, I was still living away from the farm, so I was doing everything I could uh, to support the farm remotely. So doing the research on our pedigrees, um, looking at the different goats in different farms, and what each goat can bring to our program. Um, It's a big puzzle that you want to piece everything together because you want the ideal build of a dairy goat, but you also want the production of a dairy goat. So it's like fitting two big pieces together. And so doing that, we've added to our herd some wonderful, wonderful goats um, that have some wonderful dairy genetics. And I'm super excited for this breeding year because they've take it took a couple of days really sitting down and going through everything and looking at records and production values um, and the goat itself and their personality and their build. How's their brisket? How's their top line? All the little pieces that involve a goat and then pairing it with the right pair. So normally it's a buck and a doe that I'll pair and I normally am trying, normally, I've said that four times in a row, (laughs) but I try and pair the best compatible two that I can. Uh, We do a combination of pen breeding um, with our goats so that we'll put the buck in with a couple of does and leave them in there for a little bit. Um, I always ensure that they have fresh water, fresh food. They're still getting socialization and animal crackers, uh, but they're in there to be bred during their heat cycles. And then from there, I chart uh, when they'll be due. Gestation for goats is 130 Nope, 143 days to 150 is kind of the ideal range there. However, a goat can give birth and uh, kids can be viable after 140 days. So there's a little window there and sometimes they hold on to them. It's something we like to call the doe code where they don't tell you when obviously they're going to go into labor, but it's when you least expect it, of course. I think last year we had one go into the labor during the price is right. <laughs> I was sitting there and I heard this yell from our laundry room. Uh, our does kitted last year in the middle of February when I was down here visiting and we had three feet of snow. So we brought a couple of our does into the laundry room, which was a fun experience uh, because we needed more room for them uh, and to ensure that they were warm and healthy. And Honey decided to have her kids in the morning, which was perfect because some goats decide to kid at night and some decide to kid during the day and we had a really good mixture of that last year and we were able to breed our first homebred goats last year Uh, we had a a very exciting base um, to start our farm name with just in our young kids themselves so I'm pretty excited about that group this year and we had a buck uh, as well we registered to our herd name which is a kind of a cool thing and kind of a a big deal to experience because registering something to your herd name is is yours. It, you did that. You planned that breeding. You created that opportunity. 
So it was very exciting to see our herd name on the ADGA registered papers for goat. So we have uh, Cow Creek Farms KD Whist and Shout. She is out of Krebs SRA Kin Diggit with a buck star at the end. And Gavin Creek's Wistful Thinking, I believe. I always get those ones confused. Is it Wistful Thinking? I believe so. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, I always get them all mixed up, and I'm trying to continue the use of Wist uh, in the, uh, the names, because I think that's kind of a cool thing to come up with creative names for the goats. Her name is Cardi. Yes, she is spunky. She is the first one to meet you at the door of the farm or whichever gate you're going into. She likes to jump up on you, get her head scratches. She's there. She's ready to rumble. She's always excited to see you and definitely wants those cookies first. So she's our primary one that we have this year that is with our name, her name. We probably won't be breeding her until she's a little bit older, though, because she just turned a year old this past week. Um... So that's our exciting little bit. I started breeding for this year. It's really cool to imagine, again, all this research and time I've put into planning everything actually come to fruition. And of course, nothing ever goes as planned, but here we are. (laughs) Goats always have other ideas. My bugs always have other ideas, of course, too. In fact, last week I had put four does in with my buck Braun, who is a very gorgeous boy. He's uh, MT Rivendell's QQ Braun. He's out of Quinton Quinn and, sorry, Old Mountain Farms Quinton Quinn and Highlights Billy Holiday, I believe is who he is out of. And he, actually, no, I know that's who he is out of. He is a beautiful boy, very much reminds me of his. Uh, grandsire stag old mountain farm stag if you have a minute to look that up I definitely would Um, he's a beautiful boy lots of angles a huge goofball anyway back to my ridiculous story because it makes me laugh and shake my head Uh, but Braun was in with four ladies and I pulled those four ladies out because they had uh, come out of their season and I do my hoof trim, make sure they're all doing well. It gives me kind of one-on-one time with the goat in our milking room and making sure that they're overall well and taken care of because that's my primary goal. My goats must be healthy before they, we even think of breeding or selling or anything like that. They need to be healthy, happy goats. So I put the last doe away. I finished milking her and send her out to go be with the other ladies. And I hear this ruckus in the stall that Braun is in. And I'm just thinking he's being a goofball because all his ladies are gone, heaven forbid. And didn't think anything of it. So get the last girl out. I go, I grab his halter to go grab him. And he's not there. I'm like, how in God's good name did Braun get out of here? Well, he decided, oh, I'm jumping this half door. I'm like, oh, dear. So I go out through the other side, um, through our feed room, which is attached to the main part of the barn, and I yell, Braun! And all of a sudden, he comes whipping around the corner, like, oh no, and sees all of the does and gets super excited. So I'm running after a goat, chasing him, and I finally corner him. I get his halter on, but because I knew I would be handling a buck and going into the buck pen, I had thicker gloves on, and he decided to slip through my hands. And so I spent another 
what felt like 20 minutes, but probably was more like five minutes, following him around the field consistently. As you get close to a doe, I'd try and get close to step on the, the leash, but he would dart, dart away, and it was an ongoing saga. But he was caught. No one was accidentally bred, but I just had a good chuckle because it's always an interesting day on the farm. There's never a dull moment in my day. <laughs> the goats keep it very interesting. Then I have a couple of other bucks. I have Cy, Charlie, and Kin, and they all bring something very different to the table. Uh, Charlie brings genetics from back east from a farm called Rosasharn, and they have had um, genetically strong goats in their breeding, breeding program for quite a few years. So I'm very excited to have him on the farm. He's an overall gorgeous buck, um, and yeah, I just love him. He's probably, don't tell the other ones, but one of my favorites. Super friendly guy, which I love normally. Don't love as much during rut season when he is very stinky and walks up to me wanting a kiss. I love you, but no. <laughs> if you head to our farm Instagram at Cow Creek Farms MT, you'll definitely see a picture of Charlie there doing his best Elvis lip impersonation. But he is just so wonderful. He's a chocolate buckskin with moon spots, gorgeous long body, great rear angles, and a lovely beard because who doesn't love a good beard? And then Kin is out of Skymore or Skymore? Yeah, Skymore uh, SS Rambo, who is probably one of my favorite bucks of all time. Even just personality-wise, he produces beautiful kids with great milking ability, but his personality was one in a million and was an outstanding buck, and I'm so thankful that I was able to know him, and so thankful that I have his son on my farm. He was just, yeah, one in a million. And then, who else? Oh, and he's out of Hickory Leafs, Claire, who has an amazing udder as a top 10 milker with uh, American Goat Society, AGS, beautiful girl, huge udder, and I'm super excited to see what Kin's doe Cardi will do uh, in this coming year. Again, she won't be bred this fall, but probably next year. Oh gosh. And sigh, my moon spotted boy. He is beautiful, black with moon spots. He is out of MT Rivendell's Polodark, uh, T2P Polodark, which stands for Ticket to Persia. Often a good chunk of farms, when you look at a goat's registered name, will have initials partway through there. And often indicates uh, who the sire is. So if I was doing Charlie's, his registered name is the Lim Charlie Brown. In his case, L-I-M is the initials for his sire. So his sire was Rosa Charm's Limerick. <laughs> I believe it's A-X, asterisk, Limerick. So again, you look at each one, it'll kind of give you a hint as to their lineage. Um, and then you can look further into their pedigree and see all the wonderful goats behind them. I know I've just babbled so much about my goats and I'm sure I will continue babbling about different ones and different pedigrees because my brain absorbs pedigrees for some reason. I just can remember different goats and where things match and my friends often will say, which goat is this? And I'll be able to tell them who the goat is, what colors are behind them, what goats are behind them, and what their pedigree looks like as an overall view. Um, it's just how my brain works. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people have asked me what I kind of did to prepare for the farm because I did have that time to kind of sit back and think about it um, and plan before arriving. I did a lot of educational pieces. So I took time to do the Langston Dairy Goat uh, Herd Management Program. It is 
a free program that you can do through Langston. So I urge you to Google uh, Langston Dairy Goat Program. It has a few modules there and there's a pre-test and post-test. You can go through at your own pace and it covers everything from kidding to common uh, ailments that goats may face and the signs of that to worms to uh, making soap and marketing and all the different pieces in between. I found the program to be very, very helpful and prepared me for when I came to the farm and started doing my immunizations to the farm and the hoof trims and the overall care of the animals. Um, and it also just helped me prepare for any weird incidents that may pop up. I actually was able to print off all of the modules that I read and I keep it in a binder in my milking room. So should something come up and I'm not too sure about it and I want to reference something, I take time to go and reference my binder to make sure that I am acting the best way possible for the care of my goat. Uh, If I can't find the answer, I have a few mentors that I reach out to and then I also have an amazing vet uh, not too far away who I rely on as well. Um, She's wonderful, she takes time to listen and her family has had goats as well. So it's nice to know that I can lean on someone who takes that time uh, and will go through a full phone call with me uh, to identify what's going on with my goats. I also did the meat goat section of the Langston program. There's a separate one. Uh, And I found it very interesting because it had different modules. The dairy goat industry and the meat goat industry are very different, obviously with different goals, uh, but just overall care is different as well. So it was really nice to take that education and just learn a lot more. And again, the elective modules were different, so it was nice to be able to go and pick and choose um, different electives that I was interested in. They talked about guard do- or livestock guardian dogs, or LGDs, and they also talked about livestock guardians as far as um, donkeys and llamas went, which was really interesting, and I know quite a few people will use those too, whatever kind of floats your boat or tickles your fancy with those animals. And so I took the time to read and get in- learn and get interested in everything so that I could hit the ground running when I came, Uh, get our preparation for breeding, get all of our goats registered and making sure everything is switched over as far as transfer of ownership, making sure everything was organized in our binders, um, and overall just analyzing the goats, seeing uh, who we wanted to breed, when we wanted to breed them, um, and making sure that they were healthy and Hoof trims were done, all that stuff. There's lots of long weekends at the farm for myself and my husband. Thank goodness for him. We call him the goat wrangler. He can catch some of our toughest goats. In fact, I think I might make him a shirt that says goat wrangler because why not? And so he would take the time to come out and help us. He often is a huge help on the farm when he's not working. And I really appreciate every help, every minute that he gives to help me. I don't do this whole farm myself. It's not just me (laughs) with my rake and my gloves tackling the world. My family is a huge help as well, not only in support emotionally, but support on the farm, helping me clean, helping me with the herd. It's a fun time and we have lots of laughs and lots of fun doing it, not just together, but with our goats. Other than that, I just wanted to say thank you again for listening to my first episode. I'm definitely going to be going into more in-depth of the goats themselves um, and different types of goats and different things to do to prepare should you want to welcome goats into your farm or into your lives. This far, this podcast isn't just going to be about each individual goat 
and all those fun things. I definitely want to touch on more of my transition, what I wear on the farm every day, because I've definitely been asked that as well, um, and what my everyday life looks like on the farm, what I do each day or each week, and different tasks and stuff that I check off. Our farm is mainly just our goats, uh, but we also have some chickens and turkeys. The turkeys are hilarious. I love our turkeys, uh, and along with our dogs and cats. Uh, so again, my main focus is our goats with a touch of the chickens and the turkeys. Uh, we have one Tom and three Jennies, and then we have two roosters and a handful of hens. I can't keep track, <laughs> but they have a great... Uh, paddock to themselves or like a enclosure to themselves where they have their coop they have our forge a storage area and lots of snacks and treats for them so I'll definitely be touching on our chickens as well because I know chickens are quite a common part of farm life especially for this city girl I love my farm fresh eggs and that was also part of the transition is learning to how to care for our chickens especially when we get them right away uh, when they're little little chicks we got our, some of ours at Murdoch's I am so guilty every year of going into Murdoch's and saying, or being told, <laughs> being told, no, Emma, we don't need any more chickens. We don't need any more chickens. But they're so cute. <laughs> That's always my one line, but they're so cute. Uh, so I was guilty of bringing three home, no, four home this year. I'll admit to that. I fully admit that I got the silky. <laughs> I love my Silky. Her name is Blanche. She's all white and she looks like a little cotton ball. But I, yeah, I fully admit to pulling the, oh, look at these ones. They're so cute. Card with my family. Yeah. <laughs> but she's great. She's healthy. No worries, right? All of our younger chickens are starting to lay their eggs right now, which is lots of fun. I'm getting about a dozen a day. So my friends are being gifted, involuntarily gifted. Uh, dozens of eggs they're like oh more I'm like well probably eat quick eat them quick <laughs> and my husband too he's like oh you brought more eggs home like, yes make sure you make eggs in the morning <laughs> they're healthy enjoy them and they're so good when they're fresh so yeah that's my big transition I moved from big town big town west coast Canada to small town Montana and I love it so thank you so much for listening to my very first episode I hope you enjoyed it and our the next one will be coming up in a week talk to you later